Welcome back to another edition of Jamie D and Big Newt. You know by now that I'm Jamie D'Amico, and he is Big Chris Newton, and we come at you all off-season, every week during the season, every other week right now is when we're hitting you, and we're talking Buffalo Bills, and what better topic to talk about right now than the NFL draft that was. The 2022 NFL draft is in the books, and Big Chris, what do you think? Did you enjoy yourself? That that's the first question. You know I did, man. I, I I don't know about you. I love the draft process. We was texting each other over the weekend and stuff. I love all the pop of circumstances, and we're going to get into it all. Um, some people don't like it. Some people think it's a little monotonous, and a lot of people' attitude is, "Don't tell me about the labor. Just show me the baby." Meaning, <laughs> I don't care about the pop of circumstances. Just show me the draft picks. Um, not me. Once again, I'm a stay at home dad. This is the joy I get on my life right here. Really? That's it? The draft? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't, I mean, this is what I look forward to, man. And then two weeks from now, May 12th, will be the schedule release. We'll talk about that, man. These are milestones in my year, man. I love it. So let's talk about that pomp and circumstance a little bit before we get into the Bills draft picks. I was watching it on ABC, at least to start with. And then I realized that they were interviewing the parents of all of the people who were in the green room. And it's like they were all given the exact same script and I couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> like It's like, so what does this mean? This means everything. I'm so proud. He worked so hard. And then the next one. How proud are you? I'm so proud. This means everything. He worked so hard. And then the third one, how much work went into him getting here? He worked so hard. I'm so proud. This means everything. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, they was in Vegas, and you know the producers try to, you know, think of new things to do. So, I, I mean, I understand. I was watching the ESPN telecast. Of course, I like watching Mel Kuyper. And seeing how wrong he is, like I said, going back to <laughs> my best friend um, drafted in 1993, he said he was going to be a second, third round pick, and he was the number 13 pick overall. So I just, I mean, he's going to hit on some things he's going to miss. But you, the pop and circumstance part, you try to think of new and inventive ways. I know on, uh, <laughs> I know on, um, on the morning shows they were discussing uh, the producer talking about, yeah, this receiver is like Lynn Swan and they comparing it to and it drove them crazy on Howard and Jeremy show. And so they were getting mad about that. And I was like, yeah, they did do that. And they turned it off and turned it to uh, NFL network. That really don't bother me, I guess. But when you start getting behind in the picks, like they couldn't keep up. That's what kind of bothered me. I ain't gonna lie. And they never do. And this is really, though, I have to say a far cry from what the draft used to be. Because when I was a kid, like sixth grade all the way through high school, I lived for that NFL draft. Lived for it. And I would sit there. It would start on a Sunday. And I would watch it from like noon all the way until they took it off the air. And it was comparatively so boring back then. It was like. They were sitting in a meeting room at Madison Square Garden with that those weird lights on the ceiling. And it was just, you would have a couple people talking about the players 
and maybe they would do like a couple of vignettes or whatever, but the room was silent. The announcer would walk up and say things that they don't even say anymore. Like, uh, and uh, now selecting uh, is <laughs> Pittsburgh and they are choosing um, Tim Worley running back. It's like, that is a far cry from having Kyle, uh, what's his name? From Kyle Anthony. Brent. Kyle, Kyle Brandt coming out <laughs> as the Bills' personal hype man oh <laughs> going God. nuts with a chicken wing in hand. If you didn't see it, please go to my Twitter. I posted it live. And then you get to see my uh, my living room. And you get to see my mantle on my TV. And also, I recorded <laughs> right off the TV live, man. And it was great, man. Zumba pants and all with the chicken, uh, buffalo wing in his hand. Saying that this pick is going to be the only pick in the round that's going to win the Super Bowl this year. Oh yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> oh, it was awesome. That guy. I want to be him, man. I want to be him. Is his act getting old? No, no. I love it because my thing is, if any Bills Mafia say it's getting old, then just remember when we were terrible and no one ever talked about us on NFL Network or on ESPN. So no, I love every minute of it. See. Yeah. Let me tell you something, man. I told you, man, I'm like new money. I'm not going to forget where I come from. I remember <laughs> what it was to eat government cheese. I remember what it was to shop at all. See, Aldi's is cool now. When I was growing up, you didn't want to get caught in Aldi's and food for less in places like that. Generic <laughs> brand food. See, I grew up with that. So now just because I live in a little better neighborhood, I don't forget where I come from. No, okay? you don't. I've seen you put water in your ketchup bottle and shake it up. <laughs> Exactly, man. Exactly. <laughs> Do not forget where you come from, Bills Mafia. We are not long removed from the days where they never talked about it. So I love it every day that they uh, hype up the Buffalo Bills, brother. I feel like you're forgetting Chris Berman, though. No. Nah. Oh, he loved the Bills. He did. But he's getting older now, man. Well, like, he's, yeah. That's kind of part of it, too. But I remember years ago, uh, the NFL was on ESPN on like a Thursday night, and it was the Bills against the Jags, and both teams were terrible. And this was back when Keith Olbermann was still on, and they were spending a lot of time analyzing the game after it had happened. And uh, you know, Chris Berman was doing the game analysis, as he did back then. And then they shift over to uh, Keith Olbermann. He goes, yeah, geez. For two teams that have three wins between them, we're spending an awful lot of time on this game. I wonder why, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and you hear Berman in the background say, because we broadcast the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I love Boomer, man. Um, also, Kay Adams, I, I retweeted this also when they were talking about Kyle Brandt and uh, the hype he had. He said... Uh, Kay Adams, the lovely young lady on Good Morning Football, oh, said like the her. fellas, the fellas over at Buffalo, Buffalo Ramblings, I mean Rumblings, and then so everybody's been retweeting it. About, and I was like, yeah, we do ramble a lot over here at Buffalo Rumblings, but nice shout out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so we getting a little national love, man. We are, and we knew that it was only a matter of time before you were going to become a star based on this media format, so it's happening as of now. But hey, shout out. They Okay, look, I know that they're broadcasting us through the Buffalo Rumblings Network, 
But let's be honest, there's some great work that comes out of there. You know, our fearless leader, Matt Warren and Anthony Marino just couldn't be two nicer guys. And, and then we have some really good people doing doing breakdowns. I just, you, you really got to, if you're looking for Bill's content, this is really a great place to be. I'm, I'm just happy to be a part of it. I, I agree, man. And like I said, this guy's way smarter than us doing breakdowns. And I just think our team gives you a little bit of everything. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're this conservative guy, we got the people who break the stuff down and use words that I don't even know how to use. And then you got <laughs> you got guys like us, man. You know, the everyday guys that you drink the beer with who gives their opinion, man. So we got the whole spectrum here at Buffalo Ramblings. I mean rumbling. Damn it. You did it again. <laughs> Yeah, man. But going back to what you were saying, man, like I know it was time consuming spending three days on the draft and everything. And I tweeted at Sal Capaccio. We remember we were texting each other and we kept moving back into the first uh we kept moving back, right? We kept trading backwards. Right. And so I'm like, dude, will you make the pick already, man? I'm trying to get back to the Ozarks. And so the Ozarks <laughs> last seven episodes dropped Friday at midnight. And so my wife and I are in the middle of watching it Friday evening, but I was like, hey, I gotta watch the draft so we kept moving back and i'm like oh my god man right. would you please just make the pick so at that point yes i did not want to hear about the labor i just wanted to see the baby at that point and mind you one of our buddies who's in on the uh group chat that we have regarding the the bills <laughs> when the bills drafted james cook he wrote i'm disappointed it seemed like we missed a great opportunity to add a sixth round pick <laughs> anyway, let's talk oh about God. that draft that actually happened. Let's talk about no, let's let's talk about the players that the Bills selected. And starting from a let's say a 10,000 foot view, how do you generally feel about the Bills draft? I liked it. I liked it. I mean, you you really don't know what you're going to get into until it plays out a couple of years later. If you go back and listen to our pod a few weeks ago, we kind of went back and looked at, you know, previous drafts and, and, and gave our grades of what we thought it was. Now fast forward. You really never know. These are just, you know, opinions. So I just think it, uh Oh, uh Oh, my mic just fought up. My mic just dropped. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My mic just dropped. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, you really never know what it's going to be until a few uh, years later to see how guys develop. So all you know is what Mel Kiper, Thomas Shea, what the pundits think that, and and also from your own knowledge of watching us play, of what you think our needs are. And so. Um, from a micro level, kind of like what you're talking about, I feel like we addressed our needs wonderfully. Mm -hmm. So I am happy with the cornerback Elam with the first pick. I'm happy that we didn't reach for a running back, but we got one, a good running back in the second round. Well, I don't know how you want to do it. You want to go through one by one? or doesn't matter. You just said overall. Overall, I liked our grade. I mean, I liked our draft. And what also makes me feel good, I am a person that listens to Mel Kuyper and the pundits. I don't want to hear anyone say, oh, we had a C draft. No one wants to hear that. You know, you want to feel good the whole way, you know, through. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so everyone pretty much liked our draft. So that makes me feel wonderful. And but, nobody's really putting it at the the top. Nobody's giving it an A plus. But here's the thing: I, I do want to I, I do want to say this before we get going, which is 
if you don't like the draft or if you don't like a selection, it doesn't necessarily mean you think you would be better at it than Brandon Bean is. Like, that's not what you're saying. Like, maybe you wanted a different position. Maybe you liked a different player. But, you know, we are not scouts. We don't have a scouting staff working for us. And, you know, most of the people are dilettantes like we are. There are some people that break down a heck of a lot of film like uh, Griff and uh, a few other people that are here or anybody on the Cover One network is just unbelievable with that. But where do we get our ideas from? Where do we believe a player should be slotted? It's mostly from the pundits who are all pretty similar in their belief on just about every player. There's very little variance there. So there's a whole lot of groupthink going on. And teams value players according to different things than pundits do. So, you know, with that said, James Cook, people were saying the Bills reached for him a little bit. Well, how do we know? Is it because Mel Kuyper said, well, I I had a third round grade on him. Uh, So you drafted him at the end of the second round. What does it matter? Right. Yeah. Like that doesn't make a difference to me. Like, like that that doesn't bother me. But if we would have got the kid from Iowa State in the first round, even if we had a first round grade on him, I just don't think that that was an important need. And like I said before, a couple of weeks ago in the pie, the fact that we've uh, invested a second round, third round, and not another second round on a position like if we were doing that at quarterback okay fine until we find a quarterback we found a quarterback now running back i feel like in the nfl the way the nfl is right now is you don't need a top tier running back no and so it's mostly running back by committee. It isn't like when we were growing up, when you had the Bo Jacksons, the Barry Sanders, the Emmitt Smith, you had the Bell Kyle running back. Now most of the teams, especially the good teams, is running back by committee. So if you're investing a set two seconds and a third round pick in a running back, this Cook has to be or Singletary or Moss has to turn out to be Kamar from the Saints. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott from the Cowboys, uh, the kid, the kid, um, in uh, Indianapolis, you mm-hmm. have to wind up being one of those guys for all the resources we didn't put into the position. You're 100% right. And James Cook was selected because he fit a very specific profile that the Bills were looking for. So he is a fast dude with great hands. So, what do the Bills need? Speed. Now, he doesn't have like 4-2 speed. He's not Tyreek Hill in that regard, but he's a dude that can get to the edge. He can also line up as a receiver because he's got great hands and runs good routes. That's something that the Bills were missing, and I think they sort of looked at it and said, this is one of the things that's going to get our offense to the next level if he works out. So I actually love the selection, and I don't mind where they selected him based on the needs, but you need to hit on your picks, right? And so far, it looks like Moss is in a hit, and he was the third rounder. Mm -hmm. And so now it's like you're making up for past mistakes. And once again, we don't know if Moss is a mistake yet. We'll see how it plays out. But as of so far, I mean, you could have – like we picked up Duke Johnson in in free agency. Who's saying that – Duke Johnson can't feel the role that Moss does. Now, once again, if James Cook turns out like his brother and he's, <laughs> you know, a superstar, then, hey, I'll shut up. It well, just he won't. To find it. 
<laughs> you know, De- Delvin Cook has elite contact balance, and you know James Cook doesn't. No, but anyway, yeah. I mean, we digress. It's just you know we got to wait and see. I'm just happy that we didn't spend the first round on it. We rather spent our first round on the speedy cornerback from Florida, man. What do you think about Elam? Okay, so I have an issue with the Bills spending a fourth round pick to trade up two spots. It seemed like an awful lot of value when you consider how little Detroit spent to move from 32 to 12. But outside of that, I would say I think that the position is there. They they needed somebody for that position. And from there, it just becomes debatable as to whether or not the guy fits into your system the way you want him to. So he looks like he's long. He looks like he's fast. Looks like he's fairly physical at the uh, catch point, but it also looks like he is soft against the run. So do you remember a tweet that I put out last week? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said in this tweet, the day before the draft, the Bills will never select Kyer Elam because he is terrible against the run. Mm-hmm. And then I tweeted, well, that didn't age well. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. Richard Sherman, the, the great cornerback, tweeted himself that he thought it was a great selection because all of the issues that Elam has are correctable with coaching and the Bills have a great coaching staff. So true. if that comment holds true, then I think I'm thrilled with it because the position is there. I, I've wanted them to have an athlete at that position and he's an athlete. The need, the need was there. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, when you tweeted that out, I just thought about Deion Sanders, where everybody used to question his tackling ability, and he so famously said, "They don't pay me to tackle; they pay me to cover people, and that's what I do best." Right. And so I understand where you're coming from. I can understand the criticism there, um, but. I, it, that that doesn't bother me. I think the value was there and the need was there. And as of right now, it just fit, seems like a great fit. 6-1 runs a 4-3-9, unlike Levi Wallace, who was clocked at what? He's probably a 4-5, four, 4-6 four, guy. Yeah. So we upgraded the speed there, and we didn't have to pay Levi Wallace. Once again, I'm not I'm not dumping on Levi Wallace. He was no, serviceable. Like You're right. But, hey, we feel the need immediately, so that makes me feel good about it. Also, if Trey White don't come back healthy, maybe he could be our number one corner until Trey, uh, Trey White comes back healthy. I like the need. I like the fit. It makes me feel good. And speed is something you can't. Uh, speed is something you can't coach, man. Either you got it, you don't have it. So and, I, I feel like the other things we can coach up. And let's face it, the receivers in the AFC East are not getting slower these days. Right. Oh my gosh. Right. There's so much speed. You have Garrett Wil Garrett Wilson, the Ohio State guy that was mm-hmm. drafted by uh the Jets. He's a burner. Uh he runs uh under a four four uh in the forty yard dash. Tyreek Hill ends up joining Jalen Waddle in Miami and oh my god, like they, they built themselves a track team and uh you you gotta have guys that can run with them. Now the thing that I think I like the best about Kyer Elam is what seems to be an amazing attitude. Yes. Hey, you have seen the videos mm-hmm. of him getting selected and how excited he was, right? Yes. 
oh my God. Like screaming at Terry Pagula to put the playbook on the plane for him because he wanted to get started. Yeah. Uh, to see him in his interview at the scouting combine when he was speaking to the Buffalo Bills, pulling out his notebook. Yes. You you could tell that McDermott was salivating in that moment, couldn't you? <laughs> I know, and that's why I was going to mention, man. I like all those little things, man. And right now, we'll see what happens and what he develops into. But right now, I liked everything I've seen from him, man. Wonderful. And, uh, and like I said, man, he <sighs> – if he could come and and way the contracts is going to be also with Trey White, right? So let's say a couple of years, Trey White, he moves on, boom, boom. Now Elam's going to be up. So we'll know what he is in a couple of years. It just works out wonderfully, not just in position, but just with the organization as a whole. It, it really makes a lot of sense because – it's clear that the Bills don't want to sink a lot of resources into CB2, but what they're doing is hedging their bets with Trey White coming back and whether or not Trey is going to be worthy of yet another contract. It's just smart all the way around, isn't it? I, I think so, man. I mean, I know it kind of stings to give away a fourth-round pick to move up, but if he works out like we both feel like he will, it'll be well worth it. That's how I look at it. I agree. And as we said, the Bills draft, it wasn't a C, but it wasn't the Ravens draft. And the Ravens, we won't really get into that, but they drafted probably an all-pro and two additional pro bowlers on top of it. Yeah, yeah. Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame, man. That's a great fit for them. I think he's going to be wonderful. I liked him. I told you we were texting each other, and you was talking about how his 40 time, and I was like, man, this kid plays fast, and he covers a lot of ground. So mm-hmm. I agree. And plus going to that organization, you know, I feel yes. like he's going to be Ed Reed type. And granted, he's bigger and all, I mean, but he he's going to make that kind of impact on their defense, I think. And the draft of that center from Iowa, who I think is going to be an all-pro within his first two years. I I think he's that good. And then they got a guy who they have to redshirt due to an injury, Ojabo. Is that that how you pronounce his name? The defensive end? The kid from uh, Michigan. Yeah, who got injured at the Combine. Who would have been a top 10 pick if he would have stayed healthy when the tours Achilles working out. Right. Right, so that guy is going to end up a pro bowler himself because that's just what the Ravens do (laughs) year after year. Uh, We've talked about the Bills' second-round pick, James Cook. Let's move to the third-round pick, Terrell Bernard, out of Baylor. By all accounts, the guy is a great linebacker. He's physical, he's got great movement skills, but he's small. He's 6'1", about 224. And when you're only 6'1", that tends to mean there's only so much more bulk you can add on. How do you feel about that? Like, what's your favorite word when you text? Meh. <laughs> Meh. Like, I don't, I, I don't know enough of him to speak on his play. I just, when I saw it, I'm like, why? I mean, what position right. are you going to play on our defense? Are you, are you going to... Uh, are you going to be playing the strong side linebacker? Are you going to back up Matt Milano at the weak side on, on ESPN? I know ESPN depth chart is probably a little wacky, but that's all we're going to right now because the Buffalo Bills hasn't updated their depth chart. 
but they got him at the weak side linebacker backing up Matt Milano. Yeah, he's weak side all day. You don't want to match a guy that size up against a tight end. Right. So Matt Milano, him, and then Andre Smith. And it's like, are you? is he going to be better than Andre Smith? I mean, I don't know. You get him for special teams uh, his first year and let him get acclimated. I just, I just don't know how he's going to fit. I don't know how he's going to fit in what we do. Um, I'm looking forward to it, but right now I can't speak on it. I, I, I didn't understand. Yeah, well, he runs really well, so it seems like he'll contribute immediately to special teams. I think for me, whether or not this works out entirely revolves around how much weight he can put on. You know, he's not going to be tall enough to really cover the six, seven tight ends that are out there in the league. Um, he's not going to be heavy enough to deal with the 230 pound running backs unless he puts on a little bit more weight, but you know, maybe the bills got them because they think he's a good coverage backer. And they also say that he blitzes really well. You know, it, it could be another Matt Milano type because Matt Milano was only 225 at the scouting combine. And I would take another one of those. Bills. No, no, that's fair. It's just, I don't know. I just didn't, when we got the pick, I was just like, I didn't understand how it fit in. But I have faith in our defense, um, just like we said with Elam. Maybe we'll coach him up. Maybe, like you said, add a little weight to him. Um, I'm interested in seeing him. I just think that we get, he's going to definitely be special team stalwart this year. Mm-hmm. So the Bills' fifth and first of their sixth round picks are two guys that, I'm pretty sure going to make the team and have an impact. And I can rarely say that about fifth and sixth round picks. Khalil Shakir, the wide receiver from Boise and Matt, the punt God, Areza. The punt God. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I love these picks. So dude. excited. I was so excited. Now, granted, by then I was, uh, Jalen had a football game. So I was just following along on my phone. Um, when we got uh the punter, man, I was so excited about it. I mean, we talked we talked about it before about how everyone was looking to this guy, and, and our we already pretty much know he's gonna supplant Hack. So right. the kid could punt the ball a mile. He's physical. He runs down. He makes hits. I mean, I love it. I just love it just for the fact that you know he's a known six round pick. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna make the team. He's gonna supplant Hack. I'm very excited. I just hope that he is to the positive side of Corey Bohorquez. Do you know what I'm getting at here? He's the positive side? Yeah, I, I hope he gets toward the positive side of Corey Bohorquez, who is a similar punter who could blast the ball, but he kicked line drives and never was able to stop it short of the goal line. Hmm. So he would outkick his coverage on the regular, something Ariza does. I, basically, Ariza has to get coached up a little bit, but the raw talent is there for him to be a Hall of Famer. He outkicks his coverage. <laughs> Just like both of us have done Just in our like personal us, lives. <laughs> it's, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I got the giggles today, man. It's just so funny, man. Bring it. It's certain... It's certain little sayings that just makes me laugh, like outkick the coverage. (laughs) (laughs) So Khalil Shakir, the fifth round pick, he's going to make the team. The guy's a good receiver. Yes. I don't know if he's going to be a great receiver in the pros, but he's good. He was a really good value for the fifth round. 
Yeah, I think so. I think he'll be in our top five or six, and he'll be active on game days. Uh, a slot type receiver, um, speed, wiggle. So I, I think he'll make our top five. So to be able to get that in the fifth round, I like it. I think it's good value there. Mm-hmm. And uh, sort of to round it out, then the Bills picked Christian Benford, a, a cornerback from Villanova who has great size. He's 6'1", 208. Not a real springy guy, so they're talking maybe he'll have to move to uh, to safety. But at the same time, I really like that size and length. They say he's a very willing tackler. That's great. Uh, a guy named Luke Tenuta, who is a, an offensive tackle from Virginia Tech that does not have the athletic traits that uh, the Bills took last season. And then Balin Spector, linebacker from Clemson, I have really no thoughts about these guys. Yeah, I, I <laughs> no thoughts about them. Um, I don't. I, I just yeah. When you talk about those three guys, I was trying to find positive things to say. I I don't see either either those three kids. Even though Bedford from Villanova, CAA guy, um, I don't see either one of those making an active roster, and they probably make the practice squad just because they're draft picks. Um, but that's where we want to be. We want to be in a place where six and seven round picks uh, have a hard time making a team. That means that our roster construction is good and we're a good team. And if you hit lightning yeah. in the bottle and you find a, a, a gem in a rough, then that's great. But I don't see any of those three making a team. It, it, it'll be tough um, because you have to consider that for one of them to make the team, somebody else has to not make it. And this is where you want to be, right? Do you, and we talked about this before, but do you remember people getting so upset about guys getting plucked off of the Bills practice squad? Yep. And I thought it was such a positive thing. Yeah. Yeah, that means we got good players, man. That's that's part of being a good team, you know? I mean, it, it, it's pros and cons to everything in life. Like when we suck, the pros of us sucking is you can always get a, a free ticket or a cheap ticket to the game. <laughs> right. You know, now we're good. Now we're good. It's hard to get tickets. So for everybody who go to games, it sucks. Like when the schedule comes out, it's going to be hard to get a ticket. It's right. going to be expensive as hell. That's the drawback. But when we suck, it, hey, you get a free ticket. Oh, people used to give me tickets and we drive up there and go to the game. So that's part of it. That's the price of doing business and being good. Here's the other end of the spectrum when it comes strictly to player personnel. Do you remember all those years where after the draft, we would look at the roster and go, geez, hope there's some veteran cuts because we still need like three starters. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Oh my God. When you stink, man, you need starters. And that's why when you talk about people had good draft, I thought the Jets had a good draft. Oh yeah. You know? I like I like their picks. So they're those they got guys that's gonna come in and probably gonna make an impact and make them better, man. So the Jets took a huge step forward, I thought, just based on this draft. But again, you don't know how it's gonna work out. But based on what these players have done and the talent that they've got, this could be a transformational draft for the Jets. And they've got a good general manager now and a good head coach in place. So this is expected that they're going to start making better decisions as long as their idiot owner can stay out of the way. You just got to stay out of the way and let the guys who do their job do their jobs. Right, right, right. Um, so 
What do we have coming up in a couple of weeks? Oh, mini camp. Yeah. We start seeing these guys on the field. Did you see on Twitter the uh the picture of uh Josh Allen looking jacked in the weight room? Yeah. There's Dude. memes going around of that. I'll bet you he's tipping the scales at 260 at this point. You know, he's he's listed at like 238. Mm-hmm. But that's when he was coming out of college. He's a lot bigger than he was four years ago. Yeah, that is true. You think that's a good thing? I do. I mean, as long as, you know, his motion, his uh, release, and his throwing motion don't get affected by the new guns, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm cool with it because, I mean, you want the extra weight so he can be more durable. So when you take hits, guys bounce off him even more than what they do now. Yeah. Um so, yeah, I like it. He looks good, man. I mean, he isn't bucked up. He doesn't look like the receiver from uh, Seattle. I mean, he don't look like that well. guy, but, I mean, the guns, is, <laughs> you know, he looks good. I think he looks good. He looks like he's getting to his grown man's body. He looks good. Would you go on a date with him? I'm a married man, my friend. Uh, I guess it's a moot point. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man, going back to the draft, man, it was it was some other points I wanted to talk about, man. Ed uh, Marinero. Oh, God, yes. Vikings, bro. He took over two minutes to make their selection. Yeah, and the so producer much- came out and told yeah. him to hurry it up. <laughs> and when I text you, I was like, because it was, I don't know if you was watching at that point, man, but no. it was cringy. It was cringy. Well, he was just up there babbling. And, and once again, I just assumed that maybe he had too many cocktails back in the back. Because you know when you had a few too many cocktails, how you sound? You know, I was like, man, this dude, yeah, sure. he's at, he's full. And so he was up there rambling for like two whole minutes. And so it was a producer. At that point, I thought it was an intern or somebody. They sent him out there just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just read the card, read the card. And then he's, he blew her off and kept, he blew her <laughs> off and kept talking. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, man, you can't give some people the microphone, bro. I was like, oh, my goodness gracious. You know, he apparently has gotten into acting since his yes. playing career. So he obviously enjoys an audience. Yes. It was very clear. Oh, my God. Oh, if you haven't seen it, oh, yeah, please go back and look at it. What about your boy Wayne Newton? I didn't see it. Oh, my God. It's the third round pick. So, Wayne Newton, you know, they're in Vegas, so they getting all the stars come out. Wayne Newton and Marcus Allen came out and did uh, the Raiders' third round pick. And once again, like uh, Marinero, I think he was full. And I oh. think Marcus Allen knew he was full. Because, you know, if somebody's been, been drinking, you can kind of read the, the mannerisms oh, of the you know, other yeah. person. And so when they got ready to make the pick, he kind of grabbed. He was like, we're going to do this together. And he grabbed Marcus Allen. Marcus Allen was like, uh, yeah, get your hands off me. And he <laughs> tried to read it together with him. But then Marcus was like, no, I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? So... It was very cringy again. I think he had too many drinks. And so at the end of it, they drafted a kid out of Memphis, and then Wayne knew was like, out of Mississippi. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, it was so funny, man. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, that's how I'll be active if I had too many Jack and Cokes, man. You don't drink Jack and Cokes. You drink Tito's. I drink whatever's wet. Tito's is my my preference, but I will drink whatever's wet. By the way, I have a bottle of Tito's here waiting for you. Oh, nice. Yeah. Next time. 
Well, next time might be this weekend, man. I might come oh. up there Saturday night. You never know. So I've got to ask this question. How much booze does it take a man of your size to get uh, tipsy? Well, well, it's levels. What do you mean by tipsy? What do you like? What do you mean? Like for me to get out of character, pass out? No, no, no. Let's say to sit there and be like, okay, I'm feeling this. Okay, I'm feeling good. Yeah. I could probably start feeling good after about four drinks. Oh, at okay. about four drinks, I'll be feeling good. Um, That's surprisingly low tolerance. No, it's really high because I could drink a whole gallon of Tito's in one setting and still be functional. Really? Yeah, I, I've done it. I could drink a gallon of Tito's by myself and still function. Okay, that's you different. I, you and I could drink a gallon of uh, tequila, which tequila really isn't my drink of choice. I have I have drank, along with a friend who also drinks, a gallon of uh, tequila, okay, and white tequila, of course, and still functioned. Whoa. Meaning, don't throw up. I'm just, yeah, like we're we're still functioning. When you said you and I could drink a gallon, I'm like, what's the me part? Because well, that's <laughs> well, I'm just saying you and I, meaning me and another person who drinks. That's all. okay. <laughs> I don't know how far you would go, but yeah, Not about far, four man. drinks. Yeah, about four drinks. I will feel it. Yeah, like okay, hey, all right, yeah, I feel this a little bit, but I could keep going. See, there that's that's why I was trying to understand where you was coming from. I could keep going until, and I've done a gallon. See, at about four, if we're talking about hard stuff, I would have to shut it down. Mostly because I'm going to fall asleep. Well, yeah, and that's, and that's another thing, too. I'll pass out before I do something stupid. Oh. Like, I'll pass out before I vomit. You know, I don't mean to be nasty. But, but before I vomit <laughs> or do something crazy, I'll just go to sleep. And uh, wait, before we get ready to wrap this up, man, what about uh, the Patriots, man? Draft the Cole Strange. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. <laughs> we we get our information from pundits, so okay, that guy should have been a, a third or fourth rounder. We saw that the uh, Rams brain trust laughed their ass off over that selection, which is funny. But what they failed to do by drafting somebody ahead of slot, even if he becomes a pro bowler, what they didn't get out of that selection is value. Because if that's a guy who you're dead set on drafting, but you can get him in later rounds, that means you're bringing more talent in because naturally the higher in the draft somebody goes, typically the more talented they are, right? Mm-hmm. So they deprived themselves of exactly that more talent that they could have put on their roster. But, you know, we'll see. The guy may end up being really good. And what happened with Sean McVay and their GM is caught. They asked them about the pick, and they were laughing hysterically, saying that we wasted our time uh, watching film on him because we were hoping he'd be there at the 104th pick or something like yes. that. Oh, my God. And so, needless to say, he they both called uh, the, uh, Patriots and apologized. Oh, did so, they? Yeah, yeah. They had to apologize. You can't do that, dude. Like, come on. 
even though it was hysterically funny. It's rare you see that kind of candor. Yeah. I'm very surprised, but I guess when you win a Super Bowl, you can spread your wings a little bit, <laughs> you know? And I, I think that's more of a shot, again, to the Patriots, to Bill Belichick. Like, yeah, you was at the top of the mountain. Now we're going to kick a little dirt on you when you're down. I can't wait to see Sean McDermott talk a little smack like that after the Bills win a Super Bowl. I know, right? Hopefully it comes. <laughs> right? Speaking, of, speaking of Bills uh, Super Bowls, I don't know if you watched This Is Us. No. But uh, they had a – there was a B- Buffalo Bills reference on there. And you know what? How about this? This is impromptu. You know nothing about it. If you're – if you watched This Is Us and saw it last week and could tell me the Bills reference, I'll send you something. Let's make it a contest. You're not asking me, are you? No, no, I'm not asking you. I'm saying for our listeners. Ooh. Any of y'all that watch the show This Is Us – they made a Buffalo Bills reference. You tweeted me today. You have to tweet at me today when this goes live, so I'll give you 24 hours. If you tell me what that reference is, then um, I'll send you something. Now, the only caveat about this is you could Google the reference. When you tell me the reference, I'm going to ask you a couple of more things to let me know that you watch This Is Us. So you got to be a This Is Us watcher like myself and tell me what the reference is. If you could do that, I'll send you some free stuff. I love it when you do this. Right out of the boom boom room, I'm willing to bet. Yes, it will be. And, and you go look on my Twitter. I give away stuff. I gave away a jersey. I gave away a, a Buffalo Bills helmet. I'll send it to you, man. It ain't even... Uh, it ain't even uh, COD, man. I'll pay for the shipping and everything. That is a beautiful thing to do. You know, Big Newt, we are all fortunate to have you in our lives. <laughs> well, we got to do something for the listeners, man. If not, they ain't going to listen to us. Got to give away <laughs> free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you heard that right. But Bill, <laughs> you heard that right, Bill's Mafia. We're willing to bribe you into listening. You know, just I remember, man, we were down in Florida State when Chick-fil-A first came. They was giving away all kind of free Chick-fil-A, man. We had stacks of cards. We used to give away as promotions. And now look at it, man. Chick-fil-A is a multi-billion dollar business now. But shoot, back in the early 2000s, they was giving away free sandwiches, trying to, you know, get their clientele up. That's what we're doing. Smart. (laughs) Buddy, it's been great talking draft with you. I know that we are not as technical in the breakdown as many are, but we have feelings. We have feelings, and we, we have them. feelings, and we have fun, man. I tell you. In two more weeks, we'll come back and discuss the schedule and see what games we're going to probably try to hit up. Yeah, man. I, I'm thinking one in Buffalo this year. Yeah, and you know, we I think we go to Baltimore. I think again. Ooh, well, yeah. that's just wonderful. Yeah, that'd be better than the last time we went to Baltimore. Remember? absolute worst game second worst game day experience i've ever had but anyway thank you everybody for listening we're gonna come back at you again in two weeks i'm jamie d'amico he's big chris newton and now we are at the time of the show where big newt gives us a song hey hey